welcome. This is More Later. Thanks for listening. My name is Brett. I'm the host with my friend Brian, and you're about to listen to another episode. But thanks for coming back. And judging by the numbers of the past few days, you're probably new. It seems like we've got quite a few new listeners. So thank you. Uh, I don't know how you found us. If you want to email us, morelaterpod at gmail.com, and let us know how you found us, I'd love to hear it. Um, But we definitely do have some new listeners, so welcome. Uh, This is the show of Brian and me talking in his Florida room about whatever comes up. We've been friends for 30 years. We got plenty to talk about. We've talked about plenty. We got plenty, plenty more to talk about. There's never going to be a shortage of topics. Uh, we provide our own unique take. Uh, chances are, if you're listening, you've listened to at least one episode before, so you probably know what you're in for. Every episode's a little bit different, and uh, we have a Twitter account. I've never done Twitter before, but it seems like a good way to reach a lot of people and interact with some people. So I started a Twitter account, at MoreLaterPod, if you're looking for us. Uh, I've got a few tweets out there. I think we've got uh, two followers, which is, <laughs> um, you know, every trip to the moon starts with a single step or something like that. But, <laughs> but anyway, two followers. I tweet some things out. Twitter is like the perfect platform for me. Uh, I can be funny and entertaining and short, uh, you know, fits and starts, and Twitter limits the number of characters, so it doesn't give me a chance to ruin my funniness. I can get my funniness or my wittiness or my deep thoughts or whatever out uh, in a short number of characters and move on and kind of, uh, you know, end it before I reveal that I'm not really that funny. But anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter. I get so confused between like us and follow us and uh, what, like, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, more later pod on Instagram, although I got to take some more pictures. Anyway, Twitter is probably uh, more suitable because I can always think of stuff to say, but I can't necessarily find cool pictures to post. I was going to take a picture today. I actually thought about it on Instagram. I was going to take a picture and post it on Instagram. And I actually took the picture. And then when I looked at the picture, I was like, this is just too disgusting. I can't, I'm going to get sick just looking at this picture. I can't post it on Instagram. So I just deleted it from my phone. And you don't need to know what it was, but it was gross. And uh, it relates to, um, I'm not even going to tell you what it relates to. It's gross. Forget it. Forget I even mentioned it. Anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter at MoreLaterPod. We have, the the only guy that follows us right now is Dave Weasel, Weasel, who's a, a comedian. He's, he found us somehow. He started his own podcast, which I'm not going to advertise here because then you might run away and listen to his podcast, and I want you to listen to ours. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. Oh, by later in the podcast, in this episode, Brian and I talk about um, 
this old Neil Young video from 1972 in which he goes in. It, it I, I saw it on Facebook. One of my Facebook friends posted it a couple years ago, and I watched it. And it's from 1972. Neil Young goes into a record store in New York City and finds one of his own albums or one finds an album of his live performances that it, it's a bootleg an illegal recording and the the record store is selling it it's like a 14 minute video showing neil young in the record store in 1972 it's it's one of the most awesome videos i've ever seen and i was gonna post it along with this with this podcast as kind of like a note or something so you could watch it but apparently it's it's copyrighted I don't know who owns the copyright, but, and I guess, you know, it's kind of apropos since the subject of the, of the uh, video is Neil Young complaining about uncopyrighted uh, recordings that are being sold. But any, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like something that's so culturally cool that it's almost more important than a copyright to me, but and I don't know if anybody's making any money off of it or whatever. But anyway, search from time to time Neil Young bootleg, um, and you might you may find it sometime. And if you find it, I I highly recommend watching it. It's it's interesting, even if you're not a Neil Young. I'm not a huge Neil Young fan. I don't really know all that much Neil Young, but it's just cool to see what a record store looked like in 1972, what a rock and roll icon going into a record store looked like in 1972. This poor clerk in the record store who has to decide, like, do I call the cops on Neil Young when he says he's just going to take this record from the store without paying for it? He says it's his record. I don't know. It, it's just, it's a really cool video. Um, but Brian and I talk about that later on. So anyway, uh, it's worth hunting down if you can find it. And um, the song that we talk about later on is called Thumbing My Way by Pearl Jam. Um hunt that down it's definitely worth a listen so here's me and brian from his florida room talking about everything that's important and nothing that's not thanks for listening this is actually yeah. so what is what is barley wine uh it's first of all you've been letting this age for a year yeah that's that's high pressure drinking because i I always feel like I don't have the most sensitive palate in the world. And, you know, I drink, you know, I'll drink a beer and there'll be like hints of blueberry and, right. and a little bit of apple spice. And, and I'm like, it tastes like an IPA to me. But I, mean, I, I did a wine tasting over the summer and that was like, that was really like, because they just pour you a little tiny bit and they're like, this is hints of oak and with a little bit of raspberry and melon. And I'm like, how am I supposed to taste anything with this little two ounce pour right. that you gave me? Give this me more like alcohol, barley please. in it, but it's like they, it, it's like it's high alcohol content. Does it get, it gets, does it get higher alcohol the longer it ages? Um, does it break down and make so more alcohol? So that's a, that's a question that that I have to ask my friend Lauren because yeah. he, he he's a he's a real beer expert. Well, this so we often 
often, I think maybe every time we've done a podcast, we're drinking a little bit. But um, this one, this time, this is some high alcohol barley beer. Barley wine or barley? Yeah, barley wine. This is a Firestone Walker. So is it wine or is it beer that's just called barley wine? Yes, it's beer. It's beer. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a Firestone Walker I bought last year. I've been aging, so... It's good. It's, yeah. It's, um. This is all of a sudden, first it's now, barley wine, I think. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's different, I'm sure. All of a sudden, this is now a beer podcast. But yeah, no, it's, it, it looks like Coca-Cola. There's no laying ice in this. No. <laughs> um. No, it, it's, I'm usually not big on dark beers. I'll mm -hmm. drink them, but right. like most of the time it's after I've had an IPA. Did you like that? That other one you okay. gave me was good, yeah. That was a Prairie Birthday Bomb. Prairie Birthday Bomb. Mm -hmm. It's got like chocolates and chilies and cocoa nibs and all that. Yeah, I tasted, Fancy shit. I tasted beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to like breathe out my nose more, or breathe in my nose more to like get. Well, more I mean, taste. maybe a taste of like taste of like wine at first. I just down. I drink everything so, fat. I know I shouldn't, but I, I do. No, I used to think the like like whole wine tasting was was bullshit, but it's fucking real. I mean, wine people out there know it's real. So so you. Swirl it around. Take a sniff it. Yeah, I mean, whiff just, of it. Mm -hmm. Take a whiff of it. Okay, let your like because nose and taste are hooked up. Right. Okay. Then take a tiny sip and kind of chew it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> then your like mouth is ready for the full sip. That's with wine. I haven't try it with beer really but i don't know see doing that makes me not want to drink it because <laughs> it tastes like uh it tastes like gary smells <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it's good i i do like it that's the amazing thing about beer to me is that the i mean i guess you can do the same thing with wine but just the variety of flavors that mm -hmm. you can get. Right. And like I do taste, you know, mm -hmm. different flavors. Right. And like even with an IPA, you can, you know, mm -hmm. not every IPA obviously is the same. So right. and and age when I age these beers, the aging that I do won't make the alcohol higher. The alcohol is already in it. So I okay. it just with like dark beers like Russian Imperial Stouts and Porters and Barley Wines, you, you can age them out. It don't make them smoother. Yeah. Make them, well, know. Tim said that like those uh, um, Dark Lord beers, mm -hmm. that, and you said before that they get better with right. age. And he right. said he's got some that are like five or six years old that like are just so yeah. so good. Uh -huh. and they do absolutely. Uh -huh. I had a. I've never had any of it. Dark so. Lord Wool. I have one aging oh, now that's <laughs> two years old. Two years, okay. We'll bust that one open. Um, and then I have some Bourbon County Stouts that I'm aging also. But my friend Lauren, he broke out a Dark Lord 
2010. Okay. And I, Gosh. it's probably one of, if not the best beer I've had. Yeah. And, and I've had a shit ton of beers, but I mean, it was just, this is really good. It was That's really just high enjoyable. pressure, man. Yeah, I mean, it was just really, yeah. re- really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I had he, expectations. Uh, he had me taste a 2014, I think that was aged a year or two, and it was good. Yeah. But it wasn't as good as the 2010. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, alcohol is good. I think. Do you do you remember a time when we were like not drinking and we're like, oh my god, alcohol's bad. Very like, anti-alcohol. Back in like high school and early college, even we're like, oh no, alcohol. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I mean, I even when I turned twenty-one, I had, I went to a Cubs game mm-hmm. and I had beer at Wrigley Field, and then went to a bar after that. But I still wasn't drinking very much. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Year's Eve 2000, I think July of 99 was the first time that I ever like really got drunk. Yeah, that like, was a 4th of, 4th of July, four, that three-day party. At one of the most epic parties, if yeah. not the most epic. Yeah, um, and that was, and I was like, you know, three months past 21 at that mm-hmm. time. And But even after that, like I didn't drink a whole lot yeah. after that. Yeah, um, like it was on and off. Yeah, it was cheap beer, some wine. Well, and I, but I really think that like my affinity for drinking kind of coincided with the craft beer thing of the past like seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever, mm-hmm. and like just the more beer because like I would never drink anything other than like Miller Lite before, right? And like I never understood the point of like paying more money for beer. Like, why would I pay twice as much for some beer? You know, but right. then like. After you drink more of it, you're like, oh, well, there really is a yeah, difference in taste. You know, it really good. it tastes better. Right. Um, one of the things uh, I like this writer named William Least Heat Moon. He wrote this book, the early '80s, called Blue Highways, in which he went and drove around the United States on all the back roads, and um, and he, I've re- I've read. I think every book that he's written except for Prairie Earth, which I still have to read. But anyway, he wrote this article for like Time Magazine or The Atlantic or something like 35 years ago, probably in the mid 80s, talking about the need for a revolution in beer making. And he was talking about how Budweiser and Miller and Coors had kind of taken over the beer industry. And they were producing these like, plain tasteless substandard beers and that's what everybody knew and he said like what we need to do is go back to the european beer making tradition and like where you have small beer makers who are making small batches and taking the time and making good stuff and that will be popular he was like 25 years before his time but right. like that's eventually what happened and he was right and like you know mm-hmm. he at that time he was saying you know there used to be all these breweries and then they got all bought up and nobody's around anymore right and we need to bring it back a pint of handmade is the name of the article but and it's in his collection of articles called roads to quas i think is what it is but um it's very interesting to see like how much he foreshadowed everything that has happened with beer in the past decade right. or so you know mm-hmm. 
it's just fun to be able to go into a, a decent liquor store and see like all of these different beers and, oh, I haven't tried that. And, oh, I haven't tried right. that. And, you know, we're really lucky that, you know, three miles from here is one of the best breweries in the world, Three Floyds, right. that like people go crazy for and like probably tr literally travel across the country to try to get to go there. And they're just like in our backyard. And we've got a few other good ones around here too, as, as I'm sure a lot of other places do. So anyway, that's part of our uh, entertaining charm is the beer that we consume while we do this. Yes. Although, I don't know. Did we do episodes without any beer? I'm sure we did. Maybe not. There was one episode. Now, I'm usually drinking whiskey while we're recording. Right. There was one time you you didn't really want a beer, but then you ended up having one because you were drinking a, drinking a little the night before. Oh, right. But yeah. you ended up having one. Yeah. Yeah. Hair of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I always put up like a, a token resistance and then I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> that's one of my, one of my things for, I just said last episode how I didn't want to really do any resolutions, but for 2020, I want to be more mindful about, about everything, but about drinking especially and not just like mindlessly like pouring alcohol down my throat for no reason other than like it seems like the thing to do i don't know actually this goes back to the previous episode previous episode when you were talking about um what was the name of the fight thing oh uh world star hip -hop. world star hip-hop world yeah. star <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but and you you were talking about how like every now and then you watch boxing uh -huh. Isn't it amazing how far boxing has fallen? It is. Like when we were kids, nobody, everybody knew who the heavyweight champion was. Yeah. Everybody knew Mike Tyson. And. Evander Holyfield, even George Foreman. Right. Even, even middleweights and welterweights mm -hmm, mm -hmm. were huge. Right. But right. like, and, you know, I think boxing, and, and I'm not going to act like I'm some fucking boxing expert, but, but it was my understanding that like four or five years ago boxing was making a comeback okay and it uh seemed to be uh -huh. because i would like go go on my sports apps and there would be boxing things on there and but like even now it seems that like um steam that they built up maybe when Kalichko, i think I think that's his name was heavyweight champion and i have no idea I, that's what i was gonna say the beauty of this i could be totally fucking wrong <laughs> is that I, it, it just no i don't think he's heavyweight champion i have no champion. idea yeah. who the heavyweight champion is i don't even know the last one that i like i literally think the last one i remember was like Riddick Bowe. Lennox Lewis or Riddick Bowe, yeah, in like the late 90s. And okay, we I, I'm currently looking this up. Heavyweight. And like for my 15th or 16th birthday, 14th birthday, I I the only thing I asked for my parents was to get the Holyfield Foreman fight on pay-per-view, and that yes. was my gift. And it's Andy Ruiz Jr. 
Okay. Now, is he the undisputed? Like, is he WBC, WBO, IBF? Man, that came... Or WBA. WB, there's WBA. four. There's four now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there has been for a while. I think the WBO is the newest one because it was always WBA, WBC, and the IBF. IBF. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I think... But just like culturally, right? Like Mike Tyson was a cultural icon of the eighties. Holyfield. Holyfield was Ali. too. Ali, George Foreman, Foreman. Joe Frazier, like all of these people. Liston. Yeah. Rocky Marcy, all these. Yeah, all even going back to Joe Lewis and Jack Johnson, and like all of these people way back, people knew who the heavyweight champion, the heavyweight boxing champion was. Right. And like. You know, Riddick Bowe and Lennox, Lennox Lewis a little bit less. But, like, I have no... I, I don't even know any fighters anymore. It's, right. And, like, I guess part of that maybe has been supplanted by the 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 other... The MMA stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. the Irish guy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor. But, like, he's the only one of those guys that I know. No, boxing-wise, I think people... No, Mayweather and mm-hmm. Pacquiao. Yeah, those those are the like amateur popular like right. You're yeah. you're you're like amateur. Yeah, follower will like know. That. But like back, you know, way back when mm-hmm. we had you know Julio Cesar Chavez right. and um, Whitaker, Pernell Whitaker, Whitaker, who just died. Yeah, and um, Hagler. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Leonard, Roberto, Roberto Chavez, Duran, Roberto Duran, yeah, Hearns, yeah, Thomas Hitman yeah. Hearns, Donnie Lalonde, who yeah. fought uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah, like all of Macho those guys. Camacho, Hector yeah, Macho Hector Macho Camacho, Camacho, yeah, and like you don't know any of yeah. those guys anymore. There's no even the guy that um, he won the the gold medal in the 1992 Olympics, and then he went on to a pro career after that. Uh, De La Hoya. Guy. Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. Like, yeah. he might be the last, like, breakthrough boxer that I even remember hearing anything about. So, I don't know. It's just, maybe that says something about our culture and how boxing even isn't violent enough anymore. Like, we need, you need MMA. Well, I, th- I think Although it's the MMA- opposite, actually. I, I, I think people, I don't, I mean, it seems like... Yeah, because MMA isn't really cultural the way that the others isn't pop culture the way the others are. Because like the people who know people who follow MMA know the MMA people, but right. like if you just went to the random person on the street, right, and asked who Conor McGregor was, fewer people would know him than if you did it thirty years ago and said who's Mike Tyson, right, or who's you know Thomas, uh, oh, what was. No, Larry, Larry, Larry Holmes. Oh, Larry, Larry Holmes, Holmes right. is who I'm thinking of. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how much that has changed. But, yeah, I mean, if you think it's you think it's less cultural because we've shied away from violence in I think like so. That? It seems like there's always that, like, no, that's unnecessary. It's too yeah. violent, and we're kind of moving away from it like we're moving away from like junk food and mcdonald's and 
candy. It's like no, I'm moving back. I'm either. moving back to McDonald's. The I mean, past, you, like six months you or so. Love your McDonald's. My and Christmas Eve meal was a Big Mac and fries <laughs> eaten in my car, and it was delicious. <laughs> hey, I mean, what people can do whatever they want. I haven't had anything since then, though. Yeah, I think, and, and it's turning that way in like football. I mean, uh, we have in the background now the Bears game. I'm a big Bears fan. I love the NFL. But, I mean, even there's the um, the spotlight on head injuries and this and that. And um, people, are, people don't want their kids playing as much. But I think... I, I mean, I know you're skeptical of that, of like, is that where you think personal responsibility comes in? Like, you know, the risk. So if you're abs- doing it, absolutely. Like, and they'll tell you, right. Like Ronnie Lott doesn't cry about getting the tip of his finger cut off right. during a game. The guy just cut it off because he wanted to play and he, and he knew that he was getting the tip of his finger cut off. <laughs> right. It wasn't coming back. Right. And he has no complaints. Right. I mean, I, I, and, you know, I think that's how a lot of the players are. They know they can't walk as well. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe their minds aren't there. Um, but they also say, like, hey, I fucking knew it. They, yeah. I mean, you, <clears throat> Jason Witten, I, th- I think is the epitome of this. Um, before he retired, it was a season or two before he retired, they were playing the Bears, and he was taken out for concussion protocol, and okay. they would cut to him on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. He was arguing, and he was tra- – he, he, like, kept his helmet by him. Yeah. He like this is what he knows. This is what he does. Right. And he doesn't care. And he he acknowledges that. And if he wants to do that, go ahead. Right. I mean, you don't go into football, especially football thinking I'm not going to get injured. Right. You are a play away from a life-changing injury on every play. Yeah. On every play. Yeah. And it's part of the thing they do. That it, Football is always interesting to me because there's so few games. Mm-hmm. Like there's 16 games in a regular season. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad game, it's a big chunk of your season. You right, know? yeah. Whereas baseball, like there's 162 games. Like every single day there's a new game. That's why people freak out. Like if a team starts like uh, a win two, right? The, yeah, the, like third game is a must win, right? And it and it, like um, the base- seems like an overreaction, and 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 it really isn't, right? Because in baseball, that's like zero and twenty, right? I mean, it's this, yeah. the same proportion mm-hmm. of the season, you know. Right. So I don't know. That's I I I haven't kept up with the NFL in probably twenty years, but it, it is. Always- I just had to. Tell Brett that Joe Montana retired. <laughs> Joe, I thought you were still playing for the Niners. Yeah. No, you went to the Chiefs after that. I do still remember that. 
I don't. I. You told me a a, a a Joe Montana joke when he was in Kansas City. <laughs> oh, great! I can't what do you What do you get out of a quarter that? Or no, no, no. What can you get out of a dollar that you can't get out of Joe Montana? <laughs> a quarterback. <laughs> four quarters because <laughs> when because when Joe Montana went to Kansas City he was constantly injured he told me that joke that's a really good joke yeah. <laughs> man it's good to know that I was funny even back then <laughs> all right well here's a here's a controversial topic that uh, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little like hesitant even to bring it up because I think it's a sign of an idiot sometimes. So this may or may not be edited out. <laughs> Climate change, okay. Like I believe that it's real and it's happening, mm -hmm. and that we should do something about it. And it makes sense to me that it's real and it's happening. But it's like not not a top level belief for me. Like the world is round. That's a top level belief. Mm -hmm. That's not where climate change is for me. Climate change is like a second level belief. Like I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone when he killed Kennedy. He's the only guy that shot. Okay. Right. Whatever conspiracy is behind that, fine. But I believe he's the only guy that took the shots. But I could be convinced. Right. Not likely. We've talked about this since <laughs> high school because I believe it wasn't even him. You don't? It wasn't Lee Harvey no. Oswald? Okay. No, I mean, I mean, because when you... Because, okay, so <laughs> when you talk about analytics okay, and Okay, Oliver Stone. No, no, no. Like... He was at best an average marksman, right. and to get the number of shots in six seconds, not even the highest level of marksman can get those yeah. off. I mean, for me, that's it right there. Yeah. Like, it physically wasn't possible. Okay. Well... I yeah, I mean, I don't, Back I don't know. Into the I, don't, left. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. And we'll come back to the climate change right, right, thing right. in a minute. But I will say that, like, um, I went on vacation with my kids to Texas this past spring break, and mm -hmm. we stopped in Dallas. And mm -hmm. just to go to Dealey Plaza, where Kennedy was assassinated, and this historical event happened there that I've been obsessed with. Since like, middle school, a I think. long time. Yeah. Like I, I vividly remember the 25th anniversary, which would have been in 1988, of the assassination. Coming home from school, and we were driving to New York to see my grandparents. We were leaving to go see them on November 22nd, the 25th anniversary. And my mom had taken the day off work, and she said that A and E, the TV channel, had interrupted their regular scheduled programming that afternoon at the exact time that Kennedy had been assassinated and they had replayed like television coverage as if it was happening in real time. 
And I remember being like so disappointed that I didn't see that. And that was in 1988. So I was 10 years old. And right. I was obsessed with it at that point. Been obsessed with it. I've read tons about it. All. So just to be there like with my kids and see like where it actually happened mm-hmm. and to have like my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter stand on the actual pedestal where um, Abraham Zapruder stood to capture the film of the assassination was just like crazy being there and to be able to stand like they have an X in the road where the shots hit him mm-hmm. and to be able to stand where the, the fate the last shot hit him and to take a picture from that exact vantage point back up to the sixth floor window, which was something I've always wanted to see what it looked like, but I'd never seen that picture to be able to take that picture was just awesome. Right. So it was really cool to be able to, be there and and check it out and like November 22nd has always been like a super important day for me in my life and to like actually go there and see it was awesome but um I like did Oswald act alone I think he did but I don't I I could be convinced so the Oswald thing you know I've I've kind of settled it in my mind but there's still wiggle room and that's how I feel about climate change like it's mostly settled in my mind, but I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> you don't think it's happening? I, no, I think it's happening. But I, my skepticism, I guess, is the difficulty that we have in accurately predicting weather forecasts. And for the most part, weather forecasts are pretty good. I think weathermen get a bad rap for the most part. But like... Right. Weathermen get a bad rap because of people and their ignorance and thinking that weathermen make weather. And, and because I'm really, really into meteorology, uh-huh. like people do not listen to a fucking forecast. They listen to a sentence and they get hooked on it. Yeah, and and uh, then. They don't have the knowledge to realize that my nature can <laughs> my nature. can shift at any minute. Right. Okay. So n- next time it's predicted that your area may get four to eight inches of snow based on where the jet stream lies. Mm-hmm. Think about where you live. Look at that m- map of the jet stream right. and know that it can't change because wind changes. <laughs> well, that's it's fucking real. That's where that's where I think you know. I, I I do marvel sometimes when a snowstorm comes through Chicago and they say you know the northern suburbs will get eight to ten inches mm-hmm. and the southern suburbs will get two to four. And that's only a distance of like geographically 70 miles or something, you know, and they can pretty, they can nail that pretty well most of the time. Mm -hmm. What I have less faith in is like a seven day forecast. Like by day, day six and seven days from now, I don't think you really have a good idea of what the weather's going to be like. Not with any precision. If you, if you take it as a a general prediction with the caveat that this will right, change. Right, exactly. Which, which okay. supports my skepticism for predicting that what is happening today is going to right. continue to affect the Earth 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. 
I do believe that we shouldn't pollute as much as we do. I do believe that we have to get off fossil fuels. I do believe we pump enough shit into the air that we can change our atmosphere. What I don't know if I necessarily believe or have fully accepted is that things will be as catastrophic as we are being told that they will be. Well, I think it's more of of if... If we don't change. Like, if we don't change, this shit will happen. Right. People that try to give you a year, they're full of shit. Because, right. But, but it's, hey... Hey, if we don't fucking change, then based on the historical data that we have and what we know, like knew the polar ice cap was in like 1930, right? And what what it is today, we can safely say that in 2040 we're fucked, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it's just kind of a heads up to say, well, I mean, if we don't fucking change shit, that's going to be messed up but but the other thing too people people don't understand i don't think is people fail to recognize the fact that weather is cyclical right it 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 fucking runs in a cycle right if you look at the history records this isn't the first time it's been 60 on christmas right and it will not be the last yeah yeah. And it will snow again on Christmas. Yeah. This shit happens in periods. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. So, I, and I think that, that, like, I also don't understand why, like, one of the climate, one of the, the arguments of climate change skeptics is that it's just a bunch of people trying to use scare tactics to make money or whatever. And which, okay, I don't understand. I don't understand why nobody isn't making money off of this. Like I, you always hear like the, you know, the Kennedy, like send men to the moon thing. Like if the U S president, whoever it was just, just said, okay, in 10 years, we're going to be getting 90% of our energy from the sun. And we're going to make it the point of this government to do that. There's no doubt in my mind that in 10 years we'd get, be getting 90% of our energy from the sun. It's just a matter of resources and the, the, the human will and effort to do it. And I totally believe that if we made that a, a, a goal, that we could say, okay, everything's going to be... And maybe it wouldn't be like solar panels on every building. Maybe it, there, there's like some technology we haven't even figured out yet. That like if we said this is our goal, then we could figure out a way to harness. You can't tell me that the sun can be responsible for all life on Earth, which it is, and not powerful enough to to energize the Earth. You know, like right. we're just have, not smart enough right. to figure out how to harness it yet. We have. I mean, they're like you can't tell me that the haven't figured that shit out. I I just don't believe that nobody has has been able to figure out a way to make money off. I think, How are we still yeah. letting coal companies like let's keep mining this finite thing from the ground mm-hmm. and powering all of our electricity off of coal 
or like nuclear. Like nuclear is great in theory until you're done with it and then you got to figure out what to do with all this waste. Right. Like solar, like the sun is shining all of the time. Even like on cloudy days like today, I, there's still sunlight or it wouldn't be light out. Right, but with like coal and fossil fuels, you you, you take too much of a hit to the economy if those aren't happening. Right, right. So I but, mean, but that's... That's why they'll hold off, and they, 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 they like, but they do a lot. They people will lose too many jobs. Yeah, people in control. Right, like it's the short-sighted thinking. Right, it's it's that whole. I saw this New Yorker cartoon a few months back that showed like these two guys on a desert island, mm -hmm. like surrounded by high rising water and like they were obviously you know what was left of humanity or something and they're you know gathered around a fire and they're like but for one bright shining moment we had high investor returns right. <laughs> and it's like such short-sighted thing right you know like right. screw those people it's the same thing with like tax cuts screw those people later like we're getting ours now you know mm -hmm. and you guys worry about yours later right. but Anyway, if you're listening, President of the United States, whoever you are at the time that this, that you listen to this, just tell us that we have to go solar and we'll go solar. It'll happen. The su Look, the sun, wherever you are right now listening to this, someday the sun is going to be right where you are. In billions of years, the sun's going to explode. It's going to consume the earth. It's going to burn up the earth. Everything here is going to be consumed by the sun. Scientific fact. Anything with that much energy can power us for the next, you know, few hundred years that humans are going to be around before we go extinct. There's a question. How long do you think humans have left? I don't know. I mean, I... It's hard to imagine. But, like, with as much as changed in the past, like, 200 years, it's hard to even think we'll be around 500 years. Like, do you think humans will be extinct in the next thousand years? Of course, like... We won't be proven right or yeah. wrong, but I yeah, can't I imagine so. we'll oh, be. I'll be reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't imagine so. we'll yeah. be around in a thousand years. I think so because in the like in like Earth years, a thousand yeah, years is a drop in the bucket. Right. So I mean, yeah. we can totally pick a thousand. Well, years. George Carlin has this great bit, which if you've never seen it, seek out. Go to YouTube. Go look up George Carlin climate change or global warming or something and he talks about like we talk about climate change and like save the earth and like all of that the earth doesn't care really what we mean is save humans mm -hmm. because the earth is going to be here no matter what we do to it right. and like in billions of years it's going to heal itself it's going to be right back to wherever it should be what really what we mean with this whole climate change thing is like save humans, not save the earth, because the earth doesn't care if its water comes up a hundred more feet and wipes out all the humans or not. Really, it's going to be here whether we're here or not. So what we and I and I really think like if we if we took that approach and said like we're saving ourselves we're not right. saving earth we're saving ourselves it's an interesting people way. might be more receptive to it like we're okay tree hugger like right. you know that's a pejorative like oh you only care about the environment blah, blah, blah. okay brush those brush that train of thought aside and say okay we're saving humans 
because the Earth's going to be here no matter what. We have to save us, and this is what we have to do to save us. I still don't think people care. I don't. I think you're right I mean, because because, because we're going to be fine, that, right? Yeah, I mean, our great grandkids won't be fine, but right. we're going to be fine, right? So, I think you're probably right. Unfortunately, the the dark side of humanity. So I have this um, like weird hesitation about things that I like. And I might have talked to you about this before about like I I have this feeling that you can only watch something for the first time once. once. Uh, which is obvious, but like that there's something to only watching something there's something to seeing something for the first time mm-hmm. or like consuming something and knowing that there's not any more to consume. So this Okay, so the band that we like and we've we've liked for so many years is Pearl Jam. And in 2010 and 11, they did this like 20-year thing. And in 2011, we went to PJ20, this like two-day concert thing in, in Wisconsin. And they also produced this PJ20 film that kind of told the story of the band and concert footage, early concert footage, and like... I, the whole thing. I still have not watched that. I've really? watched I've watched the first like 10 or 15 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I've never seen the whole thing. Mm. And I and I have I have I have a copy of the DVD mm. unopened. And I have the the CD and I've listened to the CD. But like I've never watched the film all the way through and I haven't watched it because I feel like the first time that I watch it is going to be the best. And I don't want to lose that. And I have the, and that's not the only thing that I've done. I've done that with like, and these are things that I really like. So mm-hmm. like, like Mark Marin, I love his podcast. I love his comedy. He had this show on, um, on FX. Is that a TV channel? or IFC, IFC. And he had, the show ran for four seasons. I've, I didn't watch it as it was on. I watched it after it was on, on Netflix. I've only watched the first three seasons because I don't want to watch the fourth season because once I watch it, I will have watched it and I can't watch anymore. I haven't watched his last comedy special because it's his last comedy special. He's got a new one coming out. I'll watch the last one after the new one comes out because I know there's a new one. Right. And like with his podcast, I listen to that every week, but only because I know there's all these old ones that I haven't listened to yet. Mm -hmm. So I have this thing of like not wanting to consume the last of anything just because, just so I know that there's always a little bit more to watch or consume or whatever. And I don't know if, it makes sense in my mind, but I don't know why it makes sense because I don't, maybe it's because like, I'm not going to go back and watch something a second time for the most part. I don't know. Why not? I mean, I think because there's so much out there to watch that I don't want to spend time rewatching something that I've already watched. Even if I don't remember watching it the first time which is almost always the case right so no, i hear you i mean 
that's kind of like not listening to a song more than once. I mean, I mean, there's no guarantee there will be a new album or a new song or anything, and you want to hang on to it. Right. With the Pearl Jam documentary, it's... You... You already know what's in there. Yeah. You just haven't watched the organized film. Right. But but there's not much in there that you won't that you won't already know. Yeah, and but I'm sure there's footage in there I haven't seen. There is, but it's who's like why can't you watch it? more than once because it's still like right. do you only watch like well I, I don't know it's kind of perspective i guess because i feel like like a good tv show can be seen over yeah, and over right. and over because it's just that's what m makes it great if it great like comedy is measured by how often it can make you laugh can it can it make you laugh as hard as the first time right yeah that and makes sense can it make can it can it continue right and then with music which i really don't like a lot of music i hear for the first time mm -hmm. Can't, will that song keep uh, making me feel that feeling right over over and over so I mean I think for there's a show that I've watched on uh, uh, it's on Amazon it was on Bravo when it first came out in 2010 it lasted two seasons and I uh, uh, it's a show called Party Down. Okay. And it is a great comedy. It's so well written. And I've watched, because there's only two seasons, I've mm. watched this series like four times. Okay. Why why I keep watching it? Because it because it makes me laugh. And and I've always been the type of person I can I can watch like Lethal Weapon a hundred million more times. Yeah, right. I can. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I can do have those. Movies. I can watch Seinfeld over mm -hmm. and over and yeah, over. Right. And um, party, party down has has uh, joined that because I just re rewatched it probably in uh, November, um, because I needed to laugh, and it did the job yeah i mean i needed to 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 like go to a place where where i thought you know i felt like i'm really not laughing much i'm just not like feeling humor but, right so that was my measuring stick mm -hmm. and it fucking made it me works. laugh yeah so i mean it's okay it, 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 and and with like movies and shows and music there's like always because when you watch and listen for the first time, you don't you don't know what to watch and 
listen for. But then when you watch right. it, you okay. can say, did I miss something? Yeah. Especially with music. I mean, right. yeah. music, you like go into it with like no... Actually, actually, one of the reasons why I don't um, really like a song I hear here for the first time on purpose okay if i'm purposely putting that new piece of music on mm -hmm. is because i've already judged it right like i'm yeah. already thinking i have to like this mm -hmm. because it's my bands or musicians new material i right. have to like it and that is the worst because i go in thinking like i mean it's supposed to be good and here she is not doing this and i don't really right. like that sound but then when you go back you're uh, and you're listening listening in a subconscious way it kind of opens things and it's actually helps to go back yeah and just see things or hear things in it. it 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 um gives you a different perspective right and PJ twenty is a it's a documentary, but but there is a segment which I will continue to watch because it's awesome. They have this uh, not to ruin it for you, <laughs> but great. No, I don't have this to. Fucking watch it. movies only been out for nine years. There's a segment where they talk about how. Ed, Ed and his um, climbing. Climbing? Yes. Oh, at, at, during, during shows. shows. Right. Uh -huh. And he, he felt like as a part of the entertainment, he just had to push it and uh -huh. push it to get that reaction. And right. then he got into the mindset of, well, how high can I go today? Right. And how high... Can I go next week? Right. And it and just kept getting higher and higher and higher and riskier with every. Right. But to like watch it over and over, I've probably watched that movie like 15 or 16 times. Yeah. And it's still like, I can't believe he hung. I, I know from. Off of some like. I Like the light like, rigging yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hung from the light rigging with just two arms, maybe a hundred feet high. I don't right. know, maybe sixty. Right. Whatever. It could have fucked him up if high he fell. enough that if he falls, he's going to be severely hurt if not dead. Yeah, it's going to ruin his yeah. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to like watch that over and over is still like holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like when I think back to the last Mark Maron special that I watched, which is a few years ago and actually might be called more later. What? <laughs> um, I don't even re remember any of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think I could probably watch right. it with like a clean slate at mm -hmm. this point and right. not even. Right. I, it's, I don't know. I, it's. I've thought about it a lot and I've thought like how dumb, but and part of it also is that like, I just, I don't watch anything. I don't have a TV that I have access to all the time. And I don't like, 
like when I, if I'm watching something I'm, or if I have free time, I feel like I need to be doing something like, sound like elitist or whatever, but like productive, like I need to write, I need to edit, I need to figure out, you know, whatever. I yeah, know. I think watching. I look forward to free time. Watching. Right. Watching and, and listening will help your creative process. Probably so. It will. Although Neil Young doesn't listen to music and he still writes some good music. Oh, does he not listen He's, to music? He claims he doesn't listen to shit. Yeah. Well, he was on a WTF episode that was really rough. To, I mean, it was like pulling teeth to get that guy to talk. Really? I'm kind really? of surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th I think he's like one of those Bill Belichick types. If you're not talking about music, and he is like it seems to me he's not one to want to talk about the past. He just wants right. to talk about New, like what drives him now. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean. You can't go on one of those shows and right and, and you know what it is yeah. right because while I like Neil Young and he fucking still writes relevant music, nobody gives a shit about how he how he writes those songs. People want to hear hear. About the stories from like sixty-seven to seventy-seven, right. yeah. Because he was hanging out with some of the most relevant musicians, right. writing some of the most historical music in the rock genre, yeah. The acoustic genre. I mean, ground-breaking music. Yeah. He was. He was part of that. And to not want to talk about that is, I don't know, like, who fucking gives a shit what he writes now? There, Nobody cares. There's a YouTube, a video that I saw on YouTube a couple years ago of him back in like the seven, late 60s mm -hmm. or early 70s walking into a record store in New York. Mm -hmm. And it's like a 10 or 12 minute video. He walks into this record store of New York and he finds a pirated album, record mm -hmm. of his. And he says that he's going to take it. Mm -hmm. He tells the record, the music store guy, I'm going to take this. It's mine. You have it. It's illegal. You shouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, you can't take it. It's ours. And he's like, no, I'm the one that did it. I'm going to take it. And the guy behind the counter, like, has to talk, call his boss on the phone and get permission. <laughs> Neil Young's Neil, trying to take his Neil record. Neil Young's trying to steal a record from us that he says is his because we have it illegally. It is, I mean, it's great to see Neil Young as young, but it's also just like a, a, the specific time and place in New York, this right. New York record store. And it, it's just right. like, just looking at this video right. is just like fantastic. It's like time traveling. It's We've it's talked great. about this before and it kind of like Robert Plant was on Howard Stern, I think last year or two years ago. And that fucker like doesn't want to talk about Led Zeppelin at all. <laughs> right. I hate and to break like, it to Robert Robert Plant, but nobody gives a fuck about the albums he puts out with like Diana Krall or right. who, who fucking 
nobody cares. The most relevant shit you put out was from 69 to 80. Right. Like, after that, Zeppelin, nobody cares about anything else you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I really appreciate artists who, 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 like, keep moving forward, but to not acknowledge the past is, like, fucked up. I mean, I can't, like, and it's different than having a concert and and, uh, just doing, like, recent music. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's your show, your creativity, your art. But to be, be in an interview and not not expect questions right. about the past, especially in a conversational format right. like WTF, right. Howard Stern. Those yeah. are conversational format interviews. If you're you're just on like Good Morning, uh, Good Morning America, yeah. That shit gets old. Uh, you're asked about the same shit over and right. over. I get it, but but in a conversation format, gotta fucking talk about that. Right, <laughs> right. That's what people want to hear, and that's why that's why you're on there in the first place because yeah. of this other. St- but from their point of view, I can see how it can be frustrating, like for Robert Plant to be like, you know, yeah, that's it's arrogance. It's been forty though. years since these people think I've done anything relevant. <laughs> right. Know? I mean, yeah. Then. Put out better shit. Right. And okay. that's that's what one of the things that Mark Marin always says is when he has these old timers on there and they, they say, you know, the stuff I'm doing now is the best stuff I've ever done. And they're like, like you you really believe? Like, right. you're in the Beatles. Like, you really think that this is better? Than, right. Although he did, when he interviewed Paul McCartney, I think he did ask them that question. Like, is this the best that you've ever done? And Paul McCartney said, well... You know, I I was in the Beatles. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. No, it's not the best I've ever done. I was right. in the Beatles. I mean, even even Pearl Jam is not doing the best shit they've ever done. Right. I mean, it yeah. just like isn't. Now right. their last album, Lightning Bolt, I thought was their best since two thousand six. But to me, it's not better than No Code. It's, it doesn't sniff yield. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you could, I mean, we could turn this into a Pearl Jam podcast real quickly, but you can look at individual songs that on that album are some of the strongest songs that they've done. Maybe not collectively, but like, if you ask me like my top Pearl Jam songs ever, like Lightning Bolt's going to be in there. Like, I think lyrically, I think lyrically, Lightning Bolt is one of the best lyric driven albums yeah top three i think yeah i mean it's 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 really good um but again you know it, it a lot of that is just preference of at the moment what you're thinking and like what you want to emphasize whether you're emphasizing lyrics or whether you want songs that rock or songs that make, like i've been listening to the song thumbing my way which just seems like really relevant to me at this point and right it like i've always it's always been fine but like just listening to it lately like no matter how cold the winter there's a springtime ahead right. like all right and yeah this that's what i need right that's now. that's an awesome lyric that should resonate well, that should resonate 
whether whether or not you need it at that time because right. it's it can open your mind to thinking like holy shit wow that's pretty profound right yeah uh i don't i don't i don't know i'm really into lyrics and and there's not the the thing about great lyrics is that they don't have to be happening for them to impact you Mm -hmm. so so if you You have to experience it for exactly if you're able if uh if that writer is able to transport you into their my preference is pain is like if they're able to transport you into what they're feeling regardless of you feeling it at that time that's that's great yeah and i will say like with thumbing my way like the reason i went back to that song is because the lyrics occurred to me at one point right and i thought what's what's how's the rest of that song you right. know like what in like i i've always liked the song but it's never been one that i've like really chosen but then right. when the lyrics you know they obviously and that was from an album what 19 or 17 or 19 years ago right 2002, 2002. um which was what riot act mm-hmm. um so those lyrics have been floating around in my head a long time and but you know to identify with them now to just pull them from somewhere you know from back way back in my head to say like oh yeah that makes sense now that's a pretty mm-hmm. It makes me wonder what else is back there that I'm just not identifying with at this moment. You know that I'm Tons. I'm reserving for later use. You know, and if which brings us back to your fear of of not watching something because you'll miss out. You like have to watch it for the first time in order right. for it to, to be any, able right. to go back to it when you need it. What am I missing out by not even seeing? Right. Right. I mean, whatever you watch, and who fucking cares what you watch? Show, movie, documentary, music-wise, I really don't care what you're listening to because because if you like it, you right. like it. But, but there will be a point when you need it, right. which may sound weird. For me, like, I don't know. I think people don't realize, like, how much they need music. But it will, like, if you don't experience it, then you don't, I don't. You're kind of limiting your ability, maybe not limiting, but not expanding your ability to process things that you might otherwise be able to process. Right. And being able to get a point of view that you might not have otherwise had. Right. And, I mean, it's easy to, you know, wallow in whatever's happening now, but to be able to to look at whatever's happening now and saying, well, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead. Like, okay, yeah, like there is a springtime ahead. Like, no matter how cold the winter right now, there is a springtime ahead. So without those lyrics, maybe... You know, what are you left with? Look on the bright side or right. you know, can't, you know, I, I don't know. It just, I, there, I think there's something to that. 
definitely. Especially if you have a long history with a band and you've listened to something enough that you can just recall those lyrics, mm -hmm. you know, from wherever. Or like you can, you know. Do you ever have, <laughs> I get this all the time where I think of lyrics and then I can't figure out what song they're from. Yeah, periodically. I do it all because because and it's almost always Pearl Jam. Sometimes with Taylor Swift too, though, because like I'm I've listened to so much Taylor Swift yeah. over the past few years, and I found myself listening to her by myself the other day when nobody else was around. I was like, "Hey, play this song." Um, but it's just weird to like think of lyrics and be like, "Okay, what? Where? Where is that from? And what context are those lyrics from?" And to be able to pull those out later and just listen to them. I don't right. Know. It's it's cool. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for episode six. And uh, one last message out there: <laughs> stop at your local Strack and Van Tills for laying ice, the best ice you'll ever have. Make yourself happy. Make your drink happy. Laying ice because that's especially important right now. Because although it's cold out now. No matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead and your drink is going to melt in the spring or your drink's going to get warm in the spring and summer. Yes. But laying ice will not melt as quickly as the others. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star review. Refer us to your friends. Like us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to us. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye.